A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. This is the Fixer Sciatica Podcast. Epidural steroid injections, ESIs. I actually recorded an episode a few weeks ago on what this can do for people in regards to my perspective as a physical therapist and movement specialist. Today's guest uh, is a repeat guest, a very knowledgeable, wise guest, and he was kind enough to share his time with us to explain as a spinal interventionalist, as a surgeon, what goes into understanding these epidural steroid injections and why they use them. So today I have Dr. Hamid Abbasi. Welcome back. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure. I'm really excited because this is a question that I often get asked a lot, and I can only provide the perspective as a physical therapist. So I'm really excited with you or with your background in spinal surgery, that how this modality can actually help people. And so for the listeners who heard of you before, um, and they're seeing you again, give us an update. What has What's new since the last time you were on this episode, probably about six months ago? Well, um, there, there are lots of new things. We have, uh, we have a lots of... Uh, new project but the most exciting part is now that we have uh, developed and uh, progressed in developing our, our, our own artificial intelligence system that listen to the patient and the doctor and create a medical record and that has become really stable is now commercially out there and we can give it as well access to lots of people as a matter of fact people who are listening to this if they mention that they are coming from your webpage and your um, on your uh, podcast, they can mention that, that they will get a, a six month free of charge to our artificial scribe system. So uh, my um, our gift to you and your listener. But as well, um, our surgery center has come along and it's, we are doing complex surgery in our surgery center. Yesterday, I just visited with a patient from Brazil who's going to come for surgery. So we are not only gaining national, but as well international attention for minimal invasive surgery that we do. But uh, our surgeries are practically at the end of the road if lots of other things fails, like what you do. And uh, the, But steroid injections are one of those few pillars of management of musculoskeletal, not only spine, musculoskeletal. So I'm very excited today to talk to you about this and then educate the uh, broader public about what they are how they help, why they help, and so uh, let's start. I'm very excited about the uh, talk about that. 
Absolutely. And then at the end of this episode, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions about your AI scribe program, because I think it's really important um, in regards to just overall the delivery of medicine. So we'll go into that. But let's talk about um, let's talk about, I mean, there's steroid injections, which is very common in the musculoskeletal world. You can inject it into a muscle, into a joint, but specifically epidural steroid injections. That's a very specific class. And you need to be a very specific practitioner to be able to accurately uh, injective. So for the listeners who are out there who have probably heard about it, they've probably seen maybe a couple articles. Tell us a little bit more. So we're all on the same page. What is an epidural steroid injection? Now, before that, we have to just talk about what is a steroid injection period before we talk about what's epidural steroid injection. But then before that, we, let's have a good understanding. What are the steroids? What are they? they now, let me, uh, if you don't mind, I want to give you just five minutes uh, background about what the steroids are. Our knowledge, just in the last few hundred years that we have become a kind of, have a method, scientific method, finding things out. For a long time, for thousands of years, we knew that if you eat testicles of other animals, men would have higher vigor and the potency would go up and they would like a natural Viagra, so to say. And in 18th century, some people start actually grinding testicles of some animals and injecting it to, the, to themselves. And they had the same effect, but lots of side effects as well. Until somebody, until our met met methods in the chemistry and biochemistry was refined that we could separate this component of what is in the testicles that give men more vigor. So, and once they found out about them, they found out that is a some group of chemicals that they have something in common. What they have in common, we found out much, much later through lots of chemists that worked on that, are two rings. One ring with six atoms, one ring with five atoms. Later on, we found out about that, but we found out uh, there is a group of chemicals They have something in common that gives us, uh, and they, they work on different area of the body, like of, of woman in woman, they have some effect in men, they have some other effects and so on and so forth. And all of them, we found out later, they come from a kind of fat, or from a fatty substance, which we call a cholesterol. So a nature recycles that. In different areas of our, our body, the cholesterol get taken away. Our body adds some other molecules to it or subtracts something out of it. And then we have a huge group of hormones. Those hormones include all the sexual hormones. Hence, that's how we found out about that, that People would inject it, subtract it, not the material from the testicles of bulls and other animals to themselves. They're almost barbaric because there are so many other things there and there are lots of reaction, but it works. And then it, it, this group of molecule, we call them steroids. They include um, many substances that get again transferred, transformed into sexual hormones but as well some other hormones that are not directly related to our sexual activity, but they do a lots of lots of things in our body. They, um, practically, 
this group of molecule, they are like messengers in our body that tells um, like our suprarenal, our, our cells in our body, our fat cells, even our brain, what is the status of certain uh, biochemical reaction in our body? Like, and how our body should react to that? Now, what we found out is that there are certain molecules, and it's a sad way we found out about that. Like, there are some people who got shot in their belly, and the suprarenal or some some glands in the body got injured. We found out they go they go and they are okay at first, but then next day or next two days, the body shut down and they die. And we call that so-called Addison crisis. And that we found out that there's some hormone in the gland above our kidneys that if our body don't, don't have them, literally our body physically shuts down. It doesn't know what to do. Imagine a city that you have cut all the telephone lines, all the internet. So nobody knows what's going on in the other things that you need water in one area of the city, but you have too much of it in other area, but you cannot distribute it because you cannot communicate. That is how our body actually behaves. It accumulates or get rid of certain things that we need, accumulate certain other things that we don't need. We literally suffocate and die internally on the biomolecular levels. We as well found out there's a group, a special group of these uh, hormones we call them now these days steroids, like cortisol or hydrocortisone, that regulates our healing process. Much, much later, we found out the way these molecules actually work. We found out that this molecule actually goes all the way inside of the nucleus of our cells and it facilitates expression of some genes those genes then produce proteins that then help us to recover from accident, recover in the healing process, recover and in induce some cells to come in and heal a damage that possibly done to our body. And hence, we understand now why steroids start working few days, four or five days later, not right away. Because the way they work, they, they, it's not actual steroid that makes the actual effect, but they go to our nucleus of our body, express certain genes that then those genes produce molecules, proteins that then have the actual effect. But because the effect of them is over many, many steps, we unfortunately as well found out they have a lots of lots of side effects. Like everybody who has used steroid, they know initially you get a, actually a, a boost in your mood. You become sometimes euphoric because it goes to your brain, your brain starts being active. But then we have the effect, but we have as well known for a quiet sometimes, the chronic use of steroids is really mess you up in many, many aspects of your body. Nevertheless, we have found out by putting steroid in certain area locally, meaning not taking as a pill. One of the problem is taking pills 
is that 98% of the medication, whatever you take, goes to entire body. And then only maybe 2% of, of that goes where you intended to send the material. But we found out that by putting a needle in certain area of the body and giving the steroid to that area, we can control, give more effect to the area of needed. Hence, we have this steroid injection as a general. So everybody my age uh, probably have knows that, you know, when you have joint pain, when you go, one of the first thing they do, they put a needle in and put some steroid in that joint. We know that it reduces our, our immune response, it moderates, it regulates how our body reacts to some damage. It reduces the inflammation, it reduces the um, how bad our body trying to attack our damaged cells and get rid of them and so on. But as well, we know for a long time that by modulating our immune response, as well, it makes us prone to infection. So practically, the steroids are modulators of our entire body, especially our, our immune system. By giving it locally with the injection, you are trying to reduce the amount of the systemic effect and increase amount of local effect. And now it comes to where do we put it? If we put it in a joint, is a steroid injection in the joint? If we put it in the epidural space, which is that small space between the skin of the spinal cord and the bone in our spine, that it limits the practically the effect of that steroid in that location. Obviously, yeah, still some of that material get absorbed in our bloodstream, goes to other areas, but that is much, much less than if you take a pill. Now, um, actually, have you ever had a like a, a medrol dose pack? Like sometimes when you have joint pain, the doctor gives you a medrol dose pack. This episode is brought to you by the Patient Advocate Program. Are you tired of not having support between your rehab sessions? Introducing the Patient Advocate Program, and we're focused on your recovery and we're offering you 24-7 access to a doctorate of physical therapy. Stop waiting in line to be seen and stop spending hours doing long exercise programs. Imagine being able to get all of your care delivered straight to your phone. Best of all, it's affordable. We believe everyone deserves top-notch relief without breaking the bank. So why wait? Take control of your health today and visit pt-patient-advocate.com and book your free call with our experts. I haven't actually had a medrol dose pack, but I actually, so in 2021, I had a severe allergic reaction and mm -hmm. I was actually given a seven day pack of, I think it was hydrocortisone. I think I had to take it orally. Yeah. yeah. And you're absolutely right. When it comes to the feeling of before, it was interesting because I tracked my sleep and my muscle recovery and everything. Mm -hmm. And what was interesting was that during that week of steroids that I took, my recovery was actually through the roof. I was actually doing really well. Um, so sorry, didn't mean to interrupt, but yeah, no, 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 absolutely. No, that these are all important information. So the steroids are very efficient, very effective, but they are not free of side effects. And as you described, some of the side effects actually is welcome. Your body wants to have a boost in morale. So it, it increases your fight and flight response. It, it increases your reserves in your body. That's what the euphoria is. But then 
it sometimes can deplete some of your reserves. So chronic use of steroid is always a bad thing. So by us, with the needle, putting it in a very specific location, we can increase the local effect and reduce the systemic effect. Now, um, we, metrol dose pack or hydrocortisone is practically there are multiple pills that the dosage decreases. You start at the high dose and then you get less and less. And that is one of the things that we found out. Your body gets used to steroid use very fast. The regulation of your body, your body produces some internal steroids. And if you give too much steroid, your brain, part of your brain in your hypothalamus releases another hormone, which is called corticoid uh, the, the stimulating factor or uh, cortically stimulating hormone that tells your glands over your kidney, suprarenal gland, okay, we have too much steroid, don't produce too much of it. So if you take a lot of steroid and all of a sudden stop, you get like a hangover thing. So that steroid pack, dose pack, it starts at the high level and it goes slowly down, so your body has time to adjust to that. Now, advantage of steroid injection in your joint is, or in an epidural space, is that most of that material stays locally and it doesn't create that reaction in the rest of your body or your, uh, that respond that your brain is telling you the rest of your body, don't produce steroid, uh, we have enough of it. But there is a problem there. The, um, the problem there is that even local steroid get eventually absorbed in your bloodstream and has some systemic effect. Now, coming back to that, many times our nerves, our joints are complaining because there's too much inflammation is going on. And that is what most of the time steroids do. They reduce amount of inflammation systemically or locally. Now, one of the tricks, and I saw one of your questions was, <laughs> what kind of other steroids are out there? And that is the beauty of scientists. They have found out some steroid that works right away as good as our natural steroid, but some steroid that have to get metabolized. So, and it takes longer for them. It work, they work longer. But as well, they have found out some combination of steroids that physically they, they are like a small little package and they release the material in the bloodstream or in the surrounding slowly so-called particulate steroids so that they stay in the area for weeks and months sometimes so they give the effect slowly to the area of interest and they don't get absorbed in your bloodstream and they don't give a peak bloodstream steroids. So that is the beauty of pharmacology that we have found out that there are many formulation of steroids that they can practically adjust the how much steroid you get to your local needs. Now, steroids are one of the oldest medication that we have used in medicine. And there is almost a, 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 a comical joke that we say, if in doubt, give steroids. Because 
they the effect their effect is on so many different systems and there is a level one evidence meaning that the highest level of evidence that if you have inflammation steroid can actually help you that's why you give it from Crohn disease to some neurological disease to some even <laughs> systemic or local damage to the tissue and it's actually extremely interesting. You know, sometimes when you have an infection, we talked about that steroid actually reduce your immune response. So if you give somebody steroid, it's more likely they get infection. But we found out if the infection is extremely severe, sometimes the, the, your immune system actually kills you. You have an infection, but your immune system responds so bad to the infection that Actually, your immune system kills you. So even though steroids reduce the increases our chance of getting infected, in very in the special, very severe infection, we actually give people steroids. So, yeah. so I, I just actually that is one of the bottomless uh, you know, pit of knowledge that we have gained in the last 50 years about all the areas that steroid work. And uh, now Nevertheless, I just had a patient, a patient yesterday that was very, very concerned that well, he has read that uh, that if you get steroid, like injected a lot of steroid in your body, actually your cartilage become bad or your bone quality, your bone density reduces and so on. And all of that is actually true. The chronic steroid use reduces the quality of the bone and the cartilage and so on um uh, but you know uh, but we know that what that really means i'm talking about people who use for months and years pills and so on that goes to entire your body and you know they have systemic effect now, for that reason we try to limit the injection steroid injection to few times like four three or four times a year so in the epidural space and uh, for people who don't know our brain and our spinal cord they have a very tough membrane around them we call that dura and literally our brain and spinal cord is swimming in a fluid we call that cerebrospinal fluid to keep that fluid in place there is a really tough membrane around that we call that membrane dura matter or dura come from latin means half mother now Ashley, have you ever thought about why we anatomically call that dura dura matter tough mother have you ever thought of that i remember learning about this in school and i remember yeah. just the fact that it's it's truly i mean one mothers are the toughest human beings on earth yeah. uh, but also number two like this structure does in fact need to be tough because it houses all this cerebral spinal yes. fluid and all this central nervous system so it has to create a barrier where yes. there's very little exchange of anything now for a long time it was forbidden in europe to do anatomy dissection take a dead person and it open and find out how it works so most of our anatomical knowledge come from arabs from arab scientists where they could do dissection when the arab 
the, the, the anatomist dissected the dead person, they noticed that around the brain there is really tough, tough membrane, and underneath there is a soft membrane. Wrongfully, they thought that gives birth to our brain. So they called it tough mother and soft mother, which then got translated to Latin to dura mater and pia mater, tough and soft mother. And that is yeah. where our naming for dura comes from. Now, the space above the dura, outside of the brain, it's called epidura, meaning above the dura. The space below the dura, it's called sub dura, below sub for subway. You go in the set night subway, you go below the earth. So space below the dura called space, subdural space, space above dura called epidural space. Epi means above and sub means below. So, um, and obviously for that reason, that space called epidural space, that is where literally the nerves get out of our nervous system to go outside of our spine. But that is where all the nerves are accumulated. So we have learned if you put anything in that space, it reaches many, many nerves in that area. So, um, and that is what the epidural space uh, is for, to that when we put steroid or other medication, it helps us to reach many, many nerves in that local vicinity. A uh, question for you, Dr. Bassi, because it's such a localized application of, of medication. Um, now, when people are dealing with, say, a condition like sciatica, I mean, you have like multiple nerve roots that are affected, and it can either be the nerve root itself or actual irritation of the, the, the spinal cord itself. How does a physician like yourself, how do you determine which level to actually uh, inject into? Because um, mm -hmm. uh, because it's so localized, yes, you can, you know, if you're at the highest level, you're going to be addressing the highest level of nerves. But I think a large part, and, and this kind of goes into when patients speak with me and they say, well, I got the epidural steroid injection and I'm three weeks out. I haven't ha had any effect. It mm -hmm. makes me think, is it the right location because it is in fact localized? So what what's that decision-making process for you? Yeah. See, that epidural steroid uh, or epidural space, theoretically, it communicates all along. Literally, there is a space um, between the bone and the dura that goes around our brain, around our spinal cord, but no different than if you just spill water in your room, it can go anywhere, but in reality it stays local. We know that if you put it in the lower lumbar region, like lower back, it goes about two to three levels above and below, and generally doesn't go beyond that. Meaning that if you have pain in the neck, you put the epidural steroid injection in the neck. If you have in the chest, if it's in the upper chest, you put it in the upper chest. If it's in the lower chest, you try to put it as close as possible to the area. But in the epidural space, it generally easily goes two or three levels above and below. But beyond that, it becomes difficult. The same way that if you spill water in your room, theoretically could go anywhere, but realistically stays. Sick of being upsold at gyms? 
My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. In, a, in a, some limited area. Now, okay, that makes it's very different in the subdural space. In the subdural space, there's literally a lot of fluid that circulates. And that circulation can take it much, much higher. Like, you know, um, like, um, you know, sometimes women get so-called um, spinal anesthesia. That spinal anesthesia is actually in the subdural space, in the where the fluid of the brains are, and that can go much higher up and down, and that can affect many many nerves and put them out of uh, um, practically their function. That is why it's very efficient uh, to reduce the pain during the delivery and process and so on. But in the epidural space, generally two or three levels, spinal levels above and below is where we expect the effect to be. Yeah, that makes total sense. And it's it's good to hear that it is quite localized and be able to see that it spreads. And so how how what's the decision-making process for you in regards to you're seeing a patient and they are going to PT, they're, they're doing all the necessary things what are some of the criteria that you look for to be able to say this patient's a candidate for an epidural steroid injection? Mm -hmm. Now, um, obviously, the, 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 what you do, physical therapy, is a standard. Everybody has to do that. But how many times have you had a patient that you know you can help the patient, but everything is so painful, you have to stop. You know, you do. You want to do mobilize some muscle group or some joint and so on and all of a sudden it's so painful for them that you, you have to stop, right? Wouldn't that be great if you could temporarily take the pain away so they can work with you, so they can get the effect of the physical therapy? That is what the yeah. epidural injection can do for you. It now, kind of, what's, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Now, but what is as well important is that we talked about that the way they work you don't inject it and they start working right away, right? They work about three to five days later when they start working, sometime even later. So what is, what is the best way? How can we make sure that we do the injection and you can work with them right away? Because we don't want to wait a few days. So then often I combine local anesthetic and steroid so that as soon as I inject that, the local anesthetic numb up some of the nerves that convey pain. And then while this is working, the local anesthetic is working, the steroid get where they need to go, start the cascade of effect and so on. So the first few days, the local anesthetic working, once the local anesthetic quit working, the steroid start working again. Then I can send them next day to you so you can give them the full benefit and ambulate them, mobilize certain muscle group, do reflex therapy, and give them the full benefit. So practically, 
if the pain is at the level or discomfort is at the level that we cannot do meaningful activities, including physical therapy, often steroid injection in combination with some local anesthetic can put them on a, on a path that we can maximize the physical therapy and other treatments. Wow, yeah, it's fascinating. It's good because I know that when I work with some patients, their nervous system, their nervous system is so sensitive that we can't do anything. And so I like to describe it as these patients are experiencing a perfect storm of everything. Their nervous system is extremely irritated and anything like, and even at that point, a large part when a patient comes to me and they're extremely irritated, we're focusing on actually downregulating the nervous system. So we're doing activities such as gentle breathing, gentle, great exploded motions to make sure that we're not irritating the nerves themselves. Um, throughout this entire process, I know that um, it's not like you go in uh, blind, Dr. Bossi. It's not like you're going in just like poking every, every everything left and right. One thing I was just very curious of is in regards to determining the area of, of injection, I know that addresses the spinal levels two to three above and below, but say, for example, if the condition, if the nerve irritation is result, uh, due to a really irritated facet or an irritated disc or um, some other aspect, does the tissue sh itself actually dictate the level of where you're injecting? Absolutely, it does. Absolutely. You have a good uh, perception of the. Now, obviously, you want to get the medication to the, to the tissue that is most inflamed. So for that reason, uh, uh, now sometimes we do so-called facet injections. Sometimes we do medial branch blocks. Sometimes we put steroid in the paraspinal tissue. Like you have an athlete that did a, a little more than the muscle can take, has a huge muscle tear and everything's inflamed. You identify <laughs> what the underlying problem is, and you try to be as close to as possible to tissue that is inflamed and is causing the problem. But let's say you're at the stage that everything is inflamed and there are lots of nerves are shooting a bad signal. So where do you want to be? You want to be where those nerves come together, that one injection can give that medication to many, many different nerves. And that place is the epidural space where the, all these nerves converge to become spinal cord. That that makes a, total, uh, a ton of sense. And so um, here we are, we know that there are some really, some really great benefits because of it's such a localized experience, um, such a localized uh, injection. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about what the experience is like for a patient? Say them like, okay, they decided that they're actually getting uh, an injection and they go into the to, to a clinic like yours. What, what are they to expect in regards to what that's, what, what's, yeah, walk them through what their journey's like. Yeah, well, generally, these injections are considered a minor procedure. Um, um, I, at least in my office, we don't sedate the patient for that. Now, obviously, some situation uh, if there is really somebody had a previous surgery and there's lots of scarring and getting there is very difficult, requires a lot of poking. Sometimes, but rarely, we do sedate the patient. In those cases, obviously, they cannot just walk away from that. They need somebody to drive them and so on. But generally, it's a 15-minute procedure, and that patient can then, most of the time, can drive themselves 
um, afterward if you don't sedate them. Now, um, obviously, if you use uh, x-rays to find out that you're in the right place. For most of this procedure, we get a, what we call C-arm, a mobile x-ray machine that enables us in different angles to see where the tip of our needle is. And then there are some other techniques, like so often we give what we call a contrast, something, a material that you can see under x-ray very clearly where it is. And for most of the epidural steroid injection, before we put the steroid, we put some what we call enhancing material or contrast, and we see that the appearance of the contrast is different if it's in the right place versus in the wrong place. And that enables us with x-ray and contrast to confirm that we are where we need to be. Um, for the patient, is patient uh, for the, at least for epidural steroid injection, they lay on their belly, we have the x-rays, we um, clean the area with iodine. And the reason for that is we want to be absolutely sure that we are not introducing any bacteria that is on our skin flora internally. Then in a sterile fashion, we cover everything, we numb up the skin with a very tiny needle, and then we use a bigger needle, longer needle, that goes deeper, and again, we are numbing the tissue so patient doesn't feel most of that. And in experience here, the actual injection takes less than five minutes. Once we are with the needle in the right place, we get some additional x-ray, make sure we are in the right place. There are some other techniques that we use, utilize to be sure we are in the right place. Then we give a little bit of a test dose, like minimal thing, amount, that that minimal amount of medication, um, if it's in the wrong place, that it causes some other symptoms that we know. Like, you know, if imagine in epidural space, we want to be above the skin tough membrane dura. If you give a little num numbing medication, there has no effect. But if you are too deep, you are in the spinal area or in the subdural space, or uh, then that little numbing medication make the legs go numb, then we stop, obviously. So there are, for the person who does that, there are lots of techniques and lots of methods to understand that we are in the right place. But then after that, we slowly give the medication and then take the needle out. It is low um, uh, complexity, low invasiveness, but even the low invasiveness and complexity in certain areas can be dangerous, especially in the neck, we, are, we have to be very cautious to do that. And many doctors who do that in the neck, they don't give local anesthetic because if you do the local anesthetic in the neck and it's in the wrong place, sometimes can have quite severe consequences. But um, not giving local anesthetic doesn't give you immediate relief. That It's very welcome by patients. So I always give some local anesthetic in all areas, but I heard from one of my colleagues recently that most of doctors in California actually don't give local anesthetic because they are concerned about the consequence of being in their wrong place. So it's not, there's not a one right or wrong way, but you know each of them has its own advantages. But generally in experience hand, this is a quite safe procedure. And what's really interesting is that um, your 
Yeah, to be, it's, I mean, a large part of determining what intervention to use, it's a matter of, you know, weighing the risk versus the benefits to all this. So I, I really appreciate you sharing that because it is important for, I think it's important for listeners and patients to understand, you know, the, the progression as to why they're getting something, because oftentimes if we don't understand the why and we don't believe in it, then the, the outcomes are actually significantly less. So you said it takes about three to five days for the cortisone to actually uh, take into effect. So once they get their injection, um, what are some of the common instructions that you give the patients? Like, is there, is there anything that they need to avoid? Is there anything that you encourage them to do? Um, yeah, I would love to hear that. Yeah. Now, obviously, you know, they, if there is a procedure that they need to be sedated, they shouldn't be eating and drinking before the procedure because uh, we don't want them to be too sedated, maybe maybe vomit and then get aspiration and so on. And it's always not a bad idea to have somebody to drive you. Um, but generally for most of straightforward injection, it's not a problem for the patient to drive themselves, but generally it's not a bad idea to somebody to drive you. After the injection, they need to know there are always some systemic effect of the steroid themselves. That you talked about the euphoria, some people have generalized, you know, symptoms and um, even symptoms like hot flash, hot flashes, hot flash, like, you know, they, uh, they, uh, and some other, you know, systemic effect of the steroid. The steroid side effects are so variously diverse that we cannot go over that in this uh, short conversation. But generally, they can have very diverse kind of side effects that patient needs to know, most of that is harmless though. When we put a needle in people's spine, sometimes we can nick that skin or dura, the tough membrane around the spine, and then in rare occasion, the fluid can leak out. We call that CSF leak. One of the side effects of these injections is the so-called the, um, CSF leak, and then what happens is that when patients especially stand up, they more pressure is on the dura, more CSF leaks, and then they start having headaches. That can be even sometimes severe, but that's rare. Now, if something like that happened, you know, people, we ask the people to lay down, drink fluid, coffee, fluid, and sometimes even we take a little bit of a patient's blood, put it where the injection was done, like we call that epidural um, blood patch. Because when we put the blood back, it coagulates patient's own blood and like a barrier, prevent the fluid to leak out. So these are things that the patient need to be aware of, that these are possibilities. Obviously, every time you put a needle in people, there's a risk of infection, but that risk is extremely, extremely low if aseptic uh, methods are used during the injection. I myself, knock on the wood, have never had the infection from any, I've done thousands of epidural steroid injection. I haven't had a single infection from that, but always possible. And then the, the side effects of that and symptoms can be rarely, it has been described in literature, can be severe because that infection is just next to your uh, central nervous system like meningitis and so on. But that, that has been described, that, but that's very rare. Yeah, that makes sense. I actually, interesting enough, uh, last month, uh, a friend of mine was uh, experiencing some headaches post, uh, post having a baby. 
and uh, going through just some of the symptoms and actually it turns out that she was leaking even onto her bed sheets. And I said, you, you should go get this address. And so they, they went to go get the blood patch and then the symptoms resolved significantly. It was always, really, I'm glad that you brought that up because even though it's rare, right? Maybe even less than 1%, less than 1% of a million people, you know, it, it's, it's, it's of people, yes. that's a lot of people. And so, um, 1% of India is still 100, uh, 14 million people, you know, yeah, still, that's, a, that's a lot of people. And so, um, yeah. are there any restrictions, um, that, that patients are on, um, with, with, uh, even just upon receiving, we'll say even within the first three to five days. Well, generally, um, not, they're not big restriction, but most of that is common sense. We ask people not to do extremely strenuous activity. God forbid, there is a small hole. That small hole um, can take normal pressure, but every time you do sport, Ashley, you're increasing your cerebrospinal fluid pressure. So if there's a small leak, your regular pressure is okay, but if you do a strenuous thing, you're increasing the pressure, that small leak may become a big leak. So we ask them not to do very strenuous activity, at least for a day or so after the injection. But that that, most of the time, that's the extent of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, that's good to hear because I think a lot of people don't quite know. In some cases, the experience is so fast. And these patients are going through so much pain that mm -hmm. the entire process can be overwhelming. So I'm really glad that we're able to break down uh, one, what steroids are, why injections versus oral medications, and also some of the side effects and also the effects as well. You said that, yeah, so it takes about three to five days. The, the, the second big question behind this is how long do these steroid injections last? Yeah, and that is uh, the actually interesting part of it. They last, they take them longer to work, but they can work much longer than almost any other medication because they don't work directly. They increase our internal release of some genes, expression of some genes and protein. That process can go on for weeks and months sometimes, but obviously, generally, there is a limit even on that process, what works. So realistically, we should expect them to work weeks to months. But uh, what I would say to everybody is that this is just to bridge the time until the damage is fixed. So meaning that our body is a living thing, our disc, our joint, they are living tissue. We are hoping in the time that you are reducing the inflammation and giving you some relief, in that time frame, before the steroids are gotten out of your system, your body has fixed the problem. And so, um, if we are, not that we think that the steroid stay there for years, but sometimes I do three steroid injection and I don't see the patient for years because the symptoms are improved. And we know it's not that steroid that really works years after the injection. It is that it, they breach the time until your body fixes the problem. That makes total sense. And so being able to uh, give these patients time to reduce the pain, obviously, because of inflammation, but being able to understand the whole under, uh, gene expression process, that was something completely new to me. And I'm really glad to have learned that. And 
I know that my job as a physical therapist is as once the injection is completed, we actually have like, that's where, I mean, as the pain goes down, we can do a lot of work. We can build up the strength, build up the flexibility. I also remember, and we talked about this in your, in the previous episode, how physicians like yourself, when you're doing surgery or you're doing injections, you're actually like doing the actual, like fixing up the tissues, like say in the car, right. And reinflating the tires, changing those pieces. And it's my job as a physical therapist to ensure that you're driving that car responsibly. Right. That's right. Because, That's right. Yeah. Because if and, you just, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. And you know, and I have to sometimes educate my patient. They ask me, so should I start physical therapy if the steroid doesn't work? No, I say you should start it. You are, you got the injection. Your symptoms are less. You should use that time to let the physical therapy work with you and give you the best treatment you can get. So this is not do one versus another. As a matter of fact, if anything, do the injection so you can do a very efficient physical therapy session with your therapist. That makes perfect sense. And so Dr. Abbasi, this has all been really eye-opening um, to be able to break down how, how this all works. Um, I learned a lot. I, I think the listeners have learned a lot as well. Um, tell us a little bit more about this AI scribe. So, I mean, I'm just going to share with you. I'm a huge fan of the use of AI in healthcare, especially um, from a scribe standpoint. Um, listeners, I know that, like in in the typical physical therapy clinic, cl clinicians are probably seeing about eight to ten, maybe up to twenty patients a day, and they might not necessarily have the time to be able to write the note the moment that they actually complete the session. So oftentimes, these notes are written from memory, and the challenge is, as much as we want to be able to remember things, it gets very hard especially when you're seeing all these different patients. Yes. So having an AI scribe like this, where you're actually able to record the conversation, yeah. you're actually able to get some real-time data and yeah. you're getting a much more accurate representation, which makes you know all of our jobs better. So Dr. Abbasi, share with us um, that, that scribe um, well, and for more. You as a provider and I as a provider, we love provide care. That is why we exist. I, I have not met yet Another provider who loves to sit down after a full day, start documentation. So you just said, at the end of the day, our memory is, uh, you know, faulty and not perfect. We create documentation. Sometimes we plain mix the patient, the, what we thought was for one patient for another patient. For that reason, it is best to do the documentation right after the care. But then this is a problem. Another patient has to wait. And we know patients don't like to wait. So we are in a, we as provider are in a difficult situation. Number one, do we document right after the care and then the next patient has to wait? Do we document at the end of the day and then our documentation is poor? Or we hire another person that literally document while we are providing care, document it for us. Now, um, I tried all three of that, and the, 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 the hiring people, you know how the situation is with the uh, economics of the healthcare, can bankrupt the uh, you know, service. And uh, the, we want to give the best care and so on now. Wouldn't be, it be great that artificial intelligence listen to me and the patient while I'm providing care, create that documentation that we have to produce, Without me, have to go at the end of the day, 
uh, after 5 p.m. until 8, have to sit down and document that without the next patient have to sit in the waiting area and get angrier by the minute or without me um, you know, spending more resources, hire another person just for documentation. And that is what artificial intelligence can do for us. And this is just in the last few years that we have technical capacity to create a computer system that can listen to you and the patient like an intelligent, listen to it, your conversation and create a sensible medical record and that is what we have done. We have a system, we call it SURI, and we call it not artificial intelligence, we call it um, SURI because it is a smart uh, utility identification, resource identification system that this artificial intelligence is not only your scribe, it goes and listens to you and create a medical record, but as well helps you to decide what resources can help you best to provide care to the patient. But it is online, it is available, and you know, if somebody is interested, just go to inspiredspine.ai. You have to sign in, and once you sign uh, sign in and sign up, we, we send you, the, 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 these days everything has to be secured for HIPAA and so on. We send you a code that you can then use it. And the, the, But you know, I'm excited about that, but because it helps me to spend more time with the patient. I have so much less uh, hassle to create my medical record, and I have so much more happy patient because they don't have to wait since I have been using it. And I think it, we, are, we cannot go around that as provider. We have to use resources that help us provide better care, um, faster care, with less resources. Thank you so much, Dr. Abbasi. Listeners, I'm gonna go ahead and put the that link into the show notes. So if you are a provider and are looking to actually improve your process and spend more time with the patients, and take a look at Dr. Abbasi's um, uh, Suri. And what's really great is Dr. Abbasi is the, um, the head of Inspired Spine, which actually teaches these really great minimally invasive procedures all throughout the world. So um, listeners, if you're considering uh, looking into working with Dr. Abbasi or any of his affiliates, I'm going to put his information in there as well. Dr. Abbasi, this was such an eye-opening learning experience. I'm really glad that you took the time out of your day. So thank you so much. Always a pleasure to be with you, Ashley. Okay. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you got some help from today's podcast. And for more info, check us out at ifixyoursciatica.com. Have a fantastic and pain-free day. No patient-therapist relationship is formed by listening to this podcast. We are not providing medical advice, and all information should be confirmed by a medical provider. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.